today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith There are some people that choose to live their Christian life only in the natural. They live, and we call it carnal Christianity. They depend so much on their natural mind, their logic, what they see, what they feel, what they touch, what their senses tell them. That's the world that they live in. If that's the world that you live in, guess what? Your giants are going to overwhelm you. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Overcoming great obstacles takes great vision. And when it comes to the spiritual battle, we need to have a godly perspective in order to emerge victorious. In today's message from Pastor Ed, we'll learn that sometimes we forget victories from our past and we start to focus on the giant standing before us. He encourages us to change our focus from the natural to the spiritual because God has already given us victory through His Son. Choose to have a vision of faith. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. David is a story of God molding a man, making him into a man of God. This life is not the end. It's only preparation for eternity. It's an important, important part of God's overall plan for our whole life. And our life is going to go on forever and ever and ever, either in heaven or in hell, either with God or without God. And if we choose the journey in this world without God, we'll spend eternity without God. But if you choose to walk with God, the journey involves struggles, battles, conflicts, all sorts of things that are a part of life. A coach was talking to a preacher, and uh, he said, it's not hard to find people who have a desire to win, but it is hard to find people who have a desire to prepare to win. All of us want to win, be victorious, overcome our circumstances, But it takes more than desire. It takes attitude. It takes action. It takes a lifestyle. And this morning I'd like to speak about one of the most well-known stories about David. And in the Bible. We heard it in Sunday school class again and again. And even if we weren't raised in the church, it was proverbial in the culture, David and Goliath. A young teenager overcomes incredible obstacles. Now, just to get a picture, 
how tall Goliath was. I mean, the Bible's very descriptive. In chapter 17, it gives minute details. He was about 9'6". You know, a basketball hoop is 10 feet tall. His head would almost hit the bottom of that basketball hoop, the rim. He didn't have to jump to dunk. And now, he wasn't real thin like some of the professional basketball players. I mean, this guy was strong. He would really make it in the World Federation of Wrestling. I mean, he'd win every time, hands down. Here's a young teenager. Doesn't even have a beard, just some peach fuzz on his face. And he's going to face Goliath? Well... He did, and he won. And it became almost proverbial of when people face incredible odds that unless God steps in, they're going to get creamed. I mean, they're going to be history. They're going to be roadkill. And that's what happens in the story of David. He has an overcoming faith. There's a passage of scripture in the New Testament. Paul the apostle is speaking. It's in Acts chapter 13 verse 22. Paul says this and he's talking about God when he found David. He says, I found David son of Jesse a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. What made David so unique and so special is that David was willing to do God's will. In fact, it was a passion with him. It was a hunger for him. It was something that burned in his heart. And as we look at chapter 17 this morning, we're going to see what overcoming faith is all about. First, the vision of faith. To have overcoming faith, you have to have the vision of faith. The scripture text Verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is whose? The Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. Now, that's David speaking to Goliath. That's David speaking faith language. Now, let's set the scene for 40 days. Every morning, every evening, Goliath goes out in the valley of Elah and he says, I challenge you, Israelites, I challenge you to a battle. Why should we all fight? You send your champion and I'll fight him and whoever wins will be victorious in the war. And that was a custom sometimes in ancient world. Instead of both armies fighting, they would choose their champion. And Goliath was their champion. I mean, he had just a a suit of armor that weighed about 150 pounds. The tip of the spear, the, the bronze tip of the spear, weighed more than the bowling ball. I mean, a heavy one, not a light one. He had a he had a helmet and this huge man 
had in front of him another huge man with a shield. I don't know why he needed that, but he had it. Maybe to protect him from arrows or to protect him from just uh, any flying object. But he had this huge shield. And so there's a shield bearer. There's Goliath. He goes down into the valley. And as time goes on, he takes over more and more of the valley. And he's moving closer and closer to Israel's line. And he makes a challenge every day for 40 days. In the morning and at night. David recognized what the angel told Mary centuries later. For nothing is impossible with God. David realized that it's not the size of an army. It's not the power of a man's might. Victory is really in the hands of God. Now there's a contrast. And in this contrast you see in this vision of faith. Some who do not see by faith. Unbelief sees an invincible obstacle. Look at the crowds at that valley of Elah. At the crowds there's this giant champion Goliath. He's over nine feet tall. Listen, when the Philistine hears his words, Saul and the Israelites are dismayed and they're absolutely shaking in their boots. When the Israelites saw the men, they ran in great fear. That's unbelief sees the invincible obstacle. What happens is they're living in the world of Goliath. They're living in the world of what you can feel and touch, what you can see with your natural eyes. That's the world that they're walking in experiencing. All they judge by is what they can hear, what they can feel, what they can touch. That's the world where giants live. There's Goliath. And in the natural, Saul's very fearful. The army's very fearful. And rightly so. I mean, this guy's a skilled warrior. He's going to take out their best contestant in the natural. There are some people that choose to live their Christian life only in the natural. They live, and we call it carnal Christianity. They depend so much on their natural mind, their logic, what they see, what they feel, what they touch, what their senses tell them. That's the world that they live in. If that's the world that you live in, guess what? Your giants are going to overwhelm you. When those giant problems creep into your life, those bills that seem overwhelming, and that relationship that just seems like it's going to break down, uh, that financial situation that just seems bigger than life. I mean, you're going to wake up with that giant? And you're going to go to sleep with that giant. And he's going to dominate your thinking. But see, David lives in a different world. He lives out in the fields with God's word. He lives in the world of the spirit. In the world where God is real. In the world 
that God has everything in his hands. See, that's the world that David lives in. And when the two worlds collide, watch what happens. You have in this first world the fear, the terror that strikes Saul, that strikes his army, that strikes all of them. And then you have the world where David lives. Faith will make you advance, but fear will make you retreat every time. Now, belief sees an incredible opportunity. In 1 Samuel 17, 36, David is before Saul. And Saul is saying, look, David, you're a young man. This guy, before you were born, he was a warrior. He's a giant. I mean, he's trained in strategic warfare. You don't have a chance. And David says, your servant killed both a lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. First time you hear David speak. We meet him in chapter 16. We haven't heard him say anything, but the very first time he speaks, he's talking about the living God. That's because that's the realm he walks in. That's the life he experiences. He knows God in a deep and intimate way. The world that David moves and lives in is a world where God is real and powerful and mighty. And so David goes back into his spiritual diary and remembers how God delivered him in the past. God defeated those giants in the past. And you know, you need to remember, you need to do some of those things. We all need to do because there are times that we quickly forget the victories, the doors, all of the things that God has done in the past. And we see this big looming giant. David reaches back in faith to that spiritual diary and he remembers what God had done for him. Is there anyone here that could just say, I remember when God delivered me. I remember when God healed my body. I remember when God made a way when there was no way. I remember when God did the impossible. Man says, seeing is believing. God says, believing is seeing. All of Israel forgot, soul forgot. The counsel given to them. They weren't meditating in the scripture. They weren't thinking about the word. If they had only camped out with God. In Deuteronomy chapter 20. Listen to what God said. When you go to war against your enemies. And see horses and chariots. And the army greater than yours. Do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, 
The priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. Could you picture if Saul had camped out in Deuteronomy, he was meditating on the word, could you picture if he camped out on Joshua's battle plans and remembered what God had done in the past? What world dominates your life? What world do you bring to the conflicts and the problems of life? Do you bring the world where God is so real because of intimate fellowship, because of communion, because of a living relationship. Uh, David says the living God, the living God, the living God. He's not merely a historical God. He's not merely a God that existed 2,000 years ago. He's a God that walks with me and talks with me and guides me along the way. David recognized that God was real and alive. And he began to look at his problems through God, not at God, through the looming giant problems that he faced. There was that vision of faith. He saw God. God dominated his life. Then in this text, this text talks about the voice of faith. Listen to the conversation. Chapter 17, I'm not reading it all this morning. But there's all sorts of dialogues going on, all conversations. Goliath is talking, David's brothers are talking, Saul is talking, David is talking, the people are talking. There's all sorts of conversations that make up the 17th chapter. And there's good advice for you and for me that Paul gave a young minister that should apply to all of us. The voice of faith, 1 Timothy 4.12 Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech. I just want to camp on that word for a moment in speech. What's your talk like? What's your self-talk like? What's your conversation with others like? What does it focus around? What does it center around? Speech is the mirror of the soul. As a man speaks, so he is. Here's this language of unbelief. In 1 Samuel 17, 28, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom? Did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, think about this for a moment. From what we know of David's life, he was not well thought of in his family. His father didn't even invite him when the prophet Samuel was coming and said, have all of your sons there. David was out just in the fields taking care of the sheep and 
It was almost like a second thought when Jesse said, oh, yeah, yeah, I have one more son. After Samuel prodded him and said, where is, do you, where are your sons? Where is he? Bring him here. And we're not going to feast until he comes. David's reply to Eliab is interesting. He says, what have I done now? It's almost, well, I think it is inferring that there was this constant jab, this constant put down in David's family. Now, remember, Eliab was the oldest of David's brothers. He was the brother who, when Samuel looked at it first, said, huh, the Lord's anointed stands before me. That first drop of oil was ready to go on Eliab's head. But God said, no, I don't look at the outward. I look at the inside of a man's heart. And at that moment, Samuel stopped. There's resentment in Eliab's response and what he says. There's resentment in his voice. I mean, he judges David's motives. He says, you're here for the wrong reason. Now, his father had sent him to bring some freshly baked bread to refresh his three brothers that were in the army. And he had actually made 10 specific pieces of cheese to give the commander. In those days, they didn't have, I guess, mess halls. And so families helped support their family members that were in battle. And here, Eliab begins to put him down. Hear me well, hear me clearly. Some of the greatest opposition you will ever experience will at times come from those closest to you when you want to do God's will. It can be a spouse. It can be a child. It can be a parent. It can be a very close friend. Who's fighting David at this moment? David is in a conversation and he's talking with some of the other soldiers when he hears Goliath make this challenge on the 41st day. In that morning, it would be the last time Goliath ever makes that challenge. It's going to be sunset for him. But here, David hears that challenge and all of a sudden, his brother Eliab gets ticked off at him and accuses him of all the wrong motives. Why did you come down here? Where did you leave those few sheep? The message says those feeble sheep. It's a real put down. Did David get sidetracked and start fighting his brother? No. When people oppose you, even those closest to you, don't Get caught up in the wrong battle. Focus on what God is telling you to do. Focus on what God is calling you to do. There in that moment, David is so focused because he's offended at Goliath's words that Goliath would disgrace the God of Israel. That's what bothered him. That's what offended him. And in that moment, his brother begins to oppose him. I don't know how many times 
a godly woman, a godly man, is doing something for God. And all of a sudden, the enemy begins to work through their close family members. Recognize if you're that person and your wife, your spouse, your children are doing something for God, be very careful what you say to them. And if you're in that household and someone's opposing you, don't get involved fighting them. Let God take care of it. The more we learn of David's story, the more we see how God can use an imperfect person to do incredible things. God can and wants to use you too. Did you know that God has a special and exciting plan for your life? He has designed you to fit that plan exactly and will give you the strength you need for every task. All you need to do is seek Him for guidance and lean on Him for your source of power. Pastor Ed will continue teaching about the life of David on the next edition of Building in Faith. But you can find more messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to the Homepage. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a church home is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close, we'd like to say thank you for joining us today. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your word